0: Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts.
1: And I'm James Anderson, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, or day by day, until the end of time.
0: And James, I have a very important question for you today. Yes, what is it? On today, Friday, December 30th, 2022, because that's right, by the time you're hearing this, you'll be in the future. Not just like the normal type of future, it'll be...
1: The future year.
0: The future, future year, yeah. So, James, I have yeah. a question for you. Hit me, yeah. What are we going to do when we are publishing our podcast and in a year, or I guess sometime by the uh, the same year that this uh, episode comes out, the published book for the official MCU timeline, uh, which is titled Marvel Studios, The Marvel Cinematic Universe, An Official Timeline, uh, described by Anthony Bresn- Bres- Bresnikin. Amy Ratcliffe, and Rebecca Theodore Vacon, 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 one of the one of those. Vacon, um,
1: fancy Vacon.
0: Maybe. It is described as the definitive filmmaker-endorsed guide to the MCU and its timeline. Uh, but the book will contain more details than just the chronological order of things. So what if we're reading through that book and they disagree with us on something? Uh, well, how, how are we handling that?
1: I mean, considering step, their- step one, have them on the show. Okay. Any or all of them um uh step Don't you tell, tell them how they're wrong no just you know hey what's what's up Why why weren't we consulted on this i guess is sort of what i'm saying um two do you know the rules of basketball i guess would be the, the second question because <laughs> that's and,
0: honestly according to the wiki that's very very important yeah
1: it's just it's like credentials it's the brown skittles of uh mcu chronolo- chronology um and brown skittles that was wild whoever whoever just let me say that is uh is wild brown M&Ms. Um they're not brown skittles. What would that taste like? Coconut. Okay, so uh the third <laughs> thing <laughs> is that uh if we disagree with them as with the um MCU wiki and the Shang-Chi 1940 fiasco, I'm happy to print addendums if their reasoning checks out. Sure. Like if it's sure. like I mean, but the thing is that they don't they won't need to have reasoning. Because it's definitive, so they just can. Say, it's a it's a it's a primary source, so they won't have to be like, well, because of this, this, and this, they can just be like, it's this. It's December second. But if 2nd. they just
0: retcon something and they go, hey, uh, this is now in nineteen forty six instead of nineteen forty eight, right? We can be like, but right, it, they literally reference something that happens in nineteen forty six. Yeah. Huh? You know.
1: Yeah. Anyway, and uh, and then of course the the fourth and final part of dealing with that will be. Uh, that, that we will be putting in addenda uh uh-huh. including like agents of shield and things that have been gray decanonized like uh decanonized right, possibly correct, officially correct. but uh not not on ter- not our terms i would listen i'm not going to say we'll make like pdfs for you to print out and put into your own books but uh
0: that'll actually kind of rule yeah that'll probably <laughs> actually finally get marvel's attention and it will not be in a good <laughs> way not
1: be in a great way <laughs> But it'll be like a uh, catch me if you can, where it's like we get in trouble and then they hire us.
0: That, oh, that, see, I like that. I like yeah. that idea. I mean, I genuinely me am kind stand. of like, it feels like they didn't do any research because genuinely, I do kind of, I, and I'm, this is not a joke. There is a small bit of me that feels just a little insulted that we actually weren't contacted. <laughs> uh, anyway.
1: Well, even to blurb it, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just, I feel like, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like the two things that probably should give us sponsorship money more than anything else. Yes. Is Disney Plus because we're constantly being like, here's the link to the episode, here's this, here's that, right? For we sure. are giving Disney Plus views.
1: Yes. Absolutely. In
0: in the double digits. Much yeah. uh you know? Uh <laughs> and I think that they should take that into account. Uh and mm-hmm. also I think this book, once it comes out, there's no way that book shouldn't be giving us a sponsored ad read every week, you know?
1: Absolutely. I mean like cuz the thing is that like if there's a, a like okay, so they say oh that um that Shu Wen Wu thing where they they kill the guy on the parapet, that's this year and not that year. I'm happy to go forward with with things that that I'm sort of wavy on about that. Sure. Absolutely. Let's give me, you know, give me all that 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 info. No, no, But like um <laughs> Yeah, they should we should be partnering up with them. Like I feel a little bit like we're young avengers and they're the avengers and they're trying to uh shut us down.
0: Yeah, a little bit. So, yeah. hey, give this iron lad uh-huh. an iron clad reason uh, to be put in Marvel history.
1: There's nothing more to say. That is the best that you you've said it.
0: Uh it was that was my best attempt uh and listen, I'm Iron I'm bat, hopped bat, up on bat. Dayquil and Coca-Cola right now, so I'm hoping I'm hoping it makes some sense to somebody. You know what else also I'm hoping makes sense to somebody? Ooh. Is Agent Carter Season 2, Episode 6, starting at 39 minutes, 11 seconds, going to the end of the episode, and then carrying over into Agent Carter Season 2, Episode 7, starting at 1 minute and 3 seconds and ending at 39, 31. Ooh,
1: that sounds tasty. That sounds like a... a a big feast of, a, of an episode there,
0: Colin. 100%. There's a lot to be, uh, to chow down on here. Mm. So here we go. Let's take a bite out of this. <laughs> out of crime. McGrath. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay. All Sousa counts and counts Carter counts. make it back to Stark's lab, where Wilkes is ready to start working on the construction of his chamber. Anna helped him dis- uh, design the blueprints, and it'll have to wait. Wilkes does not sound pleased when he asks for answers on that. Dottie has given them the slip and who knows how many lives are at stake while she's out there. But that's not a good enough answer for him before they can even begin to discuss it and plan how they're going to bring her in. uh, Jarvis does tell her that uh, she has a visitor and it's Chief Thompson. Daniel tries to stop her and says that he'll take the heat. Wilkes notices how he touches her arm and how he looks at her. So Carter slips into a robe and then goes out there and plays coy. And they play a quick round of wits until Jack obviously loses and finally asks what she is. uh, Sorry, asks, sorry, rather about what he is there for. Mm. He asks her to go to New York with him and to stop chasing boogeymen down into the quicksand, which is what a sentence that is. Um, Jack tells her it's okay to be wrong from time to time. She says that she has been wrong before, but not this time. He asks her what she's willing to bet on it and he's she's sorry she says all of it. He tells her that she'll lose and that when she does, you'll never see it coming. Tuck that quote away for a future date by the way. I'm just I, I'm calling it now. as episode six ends, uh, we see Darth Vader being burnt. oh wait, sorry mm. wrong oh, episode six. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, we see Frost wake up uh, underwood in a trunk completely chained up. Uh, also, spoilers for Star Wars Episode Six. <laughs> you didn't say you know, Yeah, Yeah, I didn't say why. Uh, okay, at a press conference, uh, Carter and Sousa watch Whitney Frost put on the performance of A Lifetime, and she tells the world that her husband and some of his friends, you know, all the ones that she killed last night, have died at sea when their boat sank off the coast of Catalina Island. Sousa and Carter part ways as they both start tracking down their own leads, but not before having one of their... Most awkward moments yet. Meanwhile, Vernon Masters begins to interrogate and torture Dottie Underwood. He brings up Ilsa Koch. 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 I forgot how he said it. Koch? Cool. doesn't sound right. Uh, cool. Yeah, I believe it does. Ilsa Koch. That's definitely it. Yeah. The Witch of Buchenwald. And she goes, your mother? Brilliant. World star. It was incredible, right? Dottie quips back with lightning speed, and you know that he knows that it's a sick burn because he does give a little smile, and he's like, all right, all right, all right, listen, all right, uh, you know. And he begins to brag about how he got her to talk in less than 24 hours. Uh, It's now a showdown, right? It's a bragging rights thing. Mm -hmm. Dottie talks about how she pulled out her own teeth, nails, hair, and burned her own skin with a blowtorch. She tells him, I am no Nazi harlot, and you are wasting my time. Masters is the first to break. He grabs her face. What is Peggy Carter looking for? Dottie smiles. She knows that he's scared, specifically of Whitney Frost. He gives her truth serum, which she calls like mother's milk. Let me tell you, that does make my skin crawl a little bit. I mean, I don't like needles to begin with. But when he injects it and she just just continues eye contact, unbatting an eye, she's like, "Mm, like mother's milk. I'm like, stop. Stop. That's a dangerous concoction. You can't be saying that. But don't you Um, think that
1: they, like, when they're watching Snow White or whatever, they're like, all right, kids, we're going to come around and give you a little pinch. Enjoy the movie. Oh,
0: absolutely. 100%. Oh, I know that's where that's from. Yeah. To be clear. I just don't like it.
1: Oh, for sure. For (laughs) sure. Absolutely. Um, Same. Same, same, same.
0: Although, you know what's funny is that when she said, like, Mother's Milk, that was, I guess, to her, the truth. Yeah. Uh, Okay. You can't handle the truth. Back at Stark's Mansion, uh, the (laughs) containment field is nearly ready. But Wilkes is running out of time. Jarvis fixed the transponder on... uh, I forgot to put this part of This this is important. On Dottie's necklace. The little uh, tracking device that they put on her the night before. Uh, But it's not getting a signal. He suggests using the dirigible by the pool. And Wilkes loses it. He begins to unravel at his own mental seams. And begins asking why she would go after her instead of helping him. How saving Dottie is saving herself. They can just flip the kill switch and be done with her. Carter mentions she understands, but he cuts her off, telling her she understands nothing. After he finally settles down, he apologizes and said that he isn't thinking straight. Anna, Jarvis, and Peggy share a look. For Dottie, things are also not working. The truth serum goes away, and she mocks him, saying, Go on, ask me another one. You're really close to breaking me. <laughs> But he is actually. He starts hammering away at how she is an assassin without a target, a girl without a country, and she pathetically believes that Peggy is her friend. Manfreddy pops in and says, Your presence is requested. I didn't put this in, but again, just the way he's like, I'm busy. And then he's like, You want say like, he says, You wants to go tells her that? <laughs> or whatever. Or I forgot how he says it, but he says uh, he says
1: You want I should go tell her that?
0: Yeah, you want I should go tell her that, right? Yeah. And then he's like, mm, and then he walks off. And it's great. <laughs> um, Dumbass. He's like, yeah. I'm going to pull my foot up your man. You. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Masters and Frost talk, and he's given a new task. Frost, then interrogates Dottie. For the first time since dealing with Peggy, Dottie is not in charge. Whitney tells her that her tracker is disabled and that Carter isn't coming. She starts to use her powers on her and then releases her. It is incredibly painful.
1: And upsetting. Like,
0: uh, Yeah. Oh, no. Visually, it's horrifying. Yeah. Um. It, yeah. I won't even get into that. But yeah. she does break. Yeah. She tells her everything from how Peggy wanted Frost's blood, that Wilkes is alive, but a ghost. The list goes on. Frost determines that she is still helpful and still useful and keeps her alive. And now, the moment we've all been waiting for. It's experiment time. That's where a little jingle would play, probably. I probably won't do it. Uh, The machine is brought to life, and Peggy adds the zero matter. After some brief struggling, Wilkes falls to his knees, and his palm hits the ground, but making an audible sound. It's a little slap on the concrete. He stands, they shake hands, and then, of course, passionately kiss. Anna says she'll make him a feast, as he hasn't eaten in days. Giving one of the best little moments for Jarvis in this episode where he's like, I've never had Hungarian food. And she says, You know, she's like, I'm gonna go make a Hungarian feast. He's like, I've never had Hungarian food. Is it good? And then Jarvis makes sure that his wife is out of the room and then goes, eh. <laughs> It's very subtle, but it is very funny. I said, eh. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, man. I looked her straight in the window of her soul and I said, eh. Uh, So, uh, As they talk and celebrate, there's a hit on the tracker. Carter calls Sousa, who does the classic, hello, mother. Yes, I'm sleeping well, thank you. Uh, That kind of routine. And that's how Carter recognizes that Masters is at the SSR. Uh, And he wants Sousa to find the very nuclear materials, the uranium rods, uh, that he helped steal just a few episodes back. Jarvis and Carter prepare to go after the tracker, and while Jarvis seems skeptical, she knows full well that they're walking into a trap. They go and spring that trap, get taken prisoner, and find themselves with Dottie. As they try to get information from each other and also break free, Anna and Wilkes have an outright feast with Anna at one side of the table and Wilkes in his containment field. Anna confides in him about worrying about Carter and Jarvis when they go off on their escapades. She notices that it's getting more dangerous each time, and she misses the lie from when she didn't know. Speaking of growing danger, Carter and Dottie's conversation heats up, with Dottie asking her if she knows just how far the rot goes in the SSR, almost as if this is somewhat near the time of Winter Soldier. Um, Jarvis breaks free. Freedom! And then panicked. Carol Lombard. They look at him. The code for the device 342434. 34. Carol Lombard's measurements. Like a fool, I accidentally put in Barbara Stanwyck's measurements, thirty-three, twenty-three, thirty-three, which is a completely different function. Together, Dottie and Carter ask, What does Barbara Stanwyck do? Well, naturally, that's the code for... Kaboom! Ah! Ah! Screams echoing above. A delayed detonation. I realized that because I was, you know, trying to condense for time, I did leave out what this device is that just exploded... It is was a device that they said they were going to use to help them in their, uh, you know, springing of the trap and that they were going to go take out some of the goons. Basically, what you did is you put in a code and then you flip the switch and it took like two seconds to power on. And then it would send out this huge concuss- uh, concussive blast and knock people out, basically. Out and away, really. Right. Um, and so when they get there and they go to use it, he keeps putting in a code. And it doesn't work, and he keeps putting in a code. doesn't work until they are literally right on them. And she's like, well, there's only one thing left to do. And so she drops her weapon, realizing right. that they are, you know, taking control of whatever. Right. And then that's when he's like, oh, my God, wait a minute. I realized that I've put in the wrong code. They're like, well, what's it for? Well, of course, it's naturally a kaboom. Yeah. A delayed detonation. Oh, God. So once topside, they discover that the trap wasn't set for them. It was set for Wilkes. Mm. Uh, Back at Starks, Whitney Frost enters. Wilkes and Frost talk. She is impressed by the zero matter and how it affects each host differently, and even more impressed by Wilkes' invention. She asks what happens if he steps outside of it. He doesn't respond. She says they took something from her, and she wants it back. She tries to unleash the zero matter and pull it out of him, but he actually ends up absorbing some of hers. She finally breaks it off. She is kind of hurt by this but also very excited she then appeals to him as a marginalized scientist but he isn't convinced all the way so she ends up knocking him out uh and manfredi is there to help move him anna and susa talk about jarvis not being back yet on the phone she's worried and that's when she hears manfredi and frost down the hall As she investigates, Sousa is attacked by men in ski masks. They beat him mercilessly and leave him bloodied and beaten. Anna confronts Manfredi and Frost. Manfredi pulls a gun. Anna tells him that Wilkes will die if they take him. Frost says that he needs answers, and they will help. Carter pulls up. Frost knows that Anna will slow them down. Takes the gun and fires. They rush her to the hospital, and she is carted off. As we see this horrifying scene unfolding, a cop approaches the boot of the vehicle where there's a small rustling. That's when there's another call for help. And when they rush out, the cop is down and Dottie is in the wind.
1: Yeah, Carter leaves the cop and says, don't open this. I don't care what happens. Don't open this trunk. Right. And of, and of course, course, he's going to look. Yeah. Yeah. Patriarchy.
0: Absolutely. Um. So uh, I've got a couple of little notes, um, okay. but I wanted to know what you f- either thought or if you had any notes or whatever for the episode.
1: Um, I just, I love Anna so much, I think, is, uh-huh. um, I said, God, Dottie's a badass, but Whitney is terrifying. Because like, you can, you know, she's a badass when dealing with, you know, masters. Um, right. And then Whitney comes along and it's like, it's I, I was reading this comic book that Spider-Man was, like, out in space with the Fantastic Four, and he was like, look, I'm good for when, like, the lizard attacks City Hall. I'm not good for when the aliens are needing, de- like, the giant robots need defeating. I need, you know, and, you know, he is, and he's, he's whatever. But, like, I feel like she's sort of like that, where it's like, if it's terrestrial, like, street sort of uh, interrogation, sure. I'm good. I don't know how to deal with this alien shit. So... Uh,
0: I also think it's it's incredible, too, right? Because, like, I think she knows that she's, you know, a little bit of a freak show, but, like, you know, because she's seen this in action. But it's also, like, a thing of, like, at first because she's sort of trained to not be afraid of, of this, right? Right. Like, she thinks it's funny that Vernon Masters is, you know, afraid of her. Yeah. And she's like, okay. But once she experiences it, she's like, oh, my God. And, like, you know, it, I wouldn't say she's afraid of Peggy. Right. Yeah. I would just say that she respects her. She's challenged right? by her maybe. Right. Yeah. Because that's part of the thing, right? It was, you know, there's a conversation about, you know, you can't be afraid of her or whatever or yeah. she, you know, you can't have fear because then you know she'll, you know, she will walk all over you. Right. And that's sort of why she's able to walk all over Vernon Masters, right? Like he's afraid not of her but at least of Whitney so she's like, okay, if you're afraid of her or whatever like then, you know, and I'm not afraid of her then like that means I must be above you, you know. Right. But once she witnesses it full hand, she's like, oh, actually, psych, I never want to do that again.
1: Yeah.
0: And like, you know, this is someone who would never be broken. Right. She's designed to not be broken. Right. And she folds like a goddamn, you know, folding chair Uh at a wrestling match. She's like, nope. Right. Psych, here it is. Yeah. Here's every piece. Would you like my fake social security number as well? Yeah. You can just have
1: it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, The other things I saw, Anna... Or Anna and uh, Edwin Jarvis watching Wilkes and, and Peggy kiss, sort of, almost like a like a a payoff for when they kissed like really close to her. It was sort of like a payoff. Oh, yeah, like, we like to watch too, sort of deal. Um, okay,
0: well, well hang I on. mean,
1: you know, well, I let's move on. Let's move quickly on. Um, <laughs> when uh, so Jarvis calls the device uh, the Jitterbug because it makes people dance, um, and uh, And he says, it may save our bacon. And Peggy says, good, I quite fancy my bacon, which is uh, Mm. a very good uh, sort of noiry line. They're about to leave, and Anna runs out, and he's like, oh, you know, dear, it'll be fine. And she's like, no, 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 I thought a darker jacket more befitting a prowler. So she gives him a change of, like, a more appropriate line. Yeah. yeah. And then finally, this is sort of the prelude to something we're going to see in a little bit, but. uh, I, I wrote Jarvis walking that line between friend and British colleague, where he's like, So, two, uh, two different guys. He's like, You've certainly gone from famine to feast vis a vis quality suitors. And then he goes on to basically s- say the parts of Sousa uh, and Wilkes that are hot, like Sousa with his firm jawline and, and uh, Wilkes mean, with I don't his.
0: I do say I stand that. No, I like, mean. Good for him.
1: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. One hundred percent. He doesn't hold back. He's he. What does he call? He calls Wilkes's smile like illuminating or something like that. Yeah. Like it's it's fantastic. But it's a weird thing because he's sort of like, look, I don't want to pry, stiff upper lip, and all that. Cheerio, Pip Pip, in it. But <laughs> in speaking it, of in uh, it, like what's going on in it? Um, he's like he's like I don't want I want to be there for you as a friend. I don't want to pry. Sort of feels like also, you're playing the field in a way that sort of is surprising to me. And then she's like, What if you shut up? And he's like, All right, let's go. So that's that. that's not we're not done with that conversation, sure. Uh, it's gonna be a couple days before we kind of get back into it, but you know, as you as listener, as you heard, uh, you know, stuff went down that we kind of took precedent a little bit, I think. So, right. Uh, And that's all I have. Besides an Avengers ensemble, uh, a pretty hefty one because this is the first time we've looked at uh, episode seven. um, I'm good. This is, you know, a lot happens, but it's, I mean, sort of speaks for itself. It's a good sort of action-packed, scary interrogation. I love the um, Dottie and Carter sniping at each other and exchanging information and trying to get out of their bonds and Jarvis doing it like, like, faster than both of them. like Right. Yeah.
0: What I also love is that, again, like, you know, like, the whole time, though, with that, like, you know, they're doing the thing of, like, I'm interrogating you, but also trying to break free of my bonds, right? And the whole time, he's just going, 32, 23, 33, right? Like, like just going through the code that he had been putting in, like, right, he's like, this is definitely the code. Yeah. Until, you know, he breaks free and has that. Now, James,
1: I've got a few notes Transition, yeah, perfect.
0: Uh, that are quick actually, and it is related to that code actually. Oh yeah. I'm not going to start there. I'm going to I'm going to actually start with the San- uh, Santa Catalina Island. Oh yeah. Uh, wrecks uh, because I was wondering, you know, like how often does that sort of thing happen? Well, it actually happens quite frequently. Um, if you look up shipwrecks outside of Catalina Island, you'll find a bunch of them, including one from just this year. Oh. Actually, two from just this year. And guess what one of the ones from this year was called?
1: The Peggy. Uh,
0: no, sorry. I will say uh, it's related to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I should give you that. Card. Oh, uh,
1: the Colson.
0: No, the Zephyr. Ooh. So that's kind of a fun little thing, fun little Easter egg. Uh, but here's another fun fact for you, though. There's been many of, of these crashes, but there were also two in 1947. Okay. I looked it up just to see if, by any chance, you know, either of these could have been like a thing that they blamed it on. Like they could be like, oh yeah, um, Dauntless or the Versino Two were the same ships. No, they were right. completely different ships. They they could not have been those. Still, goes to show that, that happens. What I do love is that most of these things are named boats, right? Yeah. So you have boats like uh, the Vashon, Onward, Blue Sky, Fireball, North Head, Say When benji boy uh tiburon right uh which is spanish for shark uh but then you have just like every now and then you randomly get one that's called sardine boat yeah it's just an unnamed sardine boat yeah uh which is fun for sure there's uh one of the ones that uh crashed and sank there in 1926 was called los amigos Uh that's just kind of fun for me yeah um Anyway, so that's that's all that I you know really have for that. I just thought it was interesting. I was like, I wonder how frequent that is. It's enough, though. No. You know, like it's not like it happens every week, but sure. it's enough where you go, "Hey, we all know that things wreck out there." And everyone's yeah. like, "Yep, you're right. Yeah, that does happen." So that makes sense.
1: There was a an episode of uh, National Treasure, the TV show, which has a subtitle which is escaping me: "The Edge of History" or something like that. Uh, and this guy in this corporation that Catherine Zeta Jones is like leading or whatever tries like to like blackmail her for something and he she's easily he's his goons are easily defeated whenever and he's like so i'm gonna just call she's like i'm gonna just call the board and uh see when they want your boating accident to happen and it was just That's this really chilling thing where it's like oh you can just make that kind yeah. of thing happen and you know all those shipwrecks off catalina island which I'm I'm now realizing it's off California and not New York City, but like surely there's it's sort of the East River right. of uh of California. I'm sure they love to be have that comparison.
0: Yeah, I'm um, sure someone somewhere in California just went, Hey
1: <laughs> I don't know what I'm feeling right now. Um
0: I don't like that, dude. <laughs> but hang ten. Um Whoa that was not gnarly. That dude. was bogus. Um Whoa, I'm not feeling the <laughs> gnar right now. Ilsa Koch Kosh Koch, Koch. Coke, Coke, I believe it was Ilse, Ilse Koch that's definitely it I said that earlier Ilse Koch born September 22nd 1906 died September 1st 1967 uh, she was a German war criminal who was an overseer at a uh, concentration camp run by her husband Commandant Carl Otto Koch um, she was working at Buchenwald uh, from 37 to 41 and she just was infamous for her sadistic brutal treatment of prisoners and she was one of the first prominent nazis that was tried by the US military uh which you know leans in pretty heavily to what he just said cuz it's in 1947 yep. this you know so you know this uh, this all does sort of track for for him and his his uh his stuff i'm not going to read through her war crimes right. and the things that she did because we don't need to give that a um we, a platform, but I, I do think like the reason that I'm bringing up those specifically is that he says it, and like they kind of tell you just a little bit about it. But like when he brags about having done this thing, it's because it she was truly an awful person.
1: We uh, I don't know if you remember this, Colin, but Dooley went to go visit uh, that Nazi general at Nuremberg, and we talked a little bit about yeah. how the Nuremberg trials would have been like in full force in like spring '46. Mm. So. It makes sense that Mar- Masters has this on the mind, even though it's sort of, I believe, winding down in the summer of 47. I think it would finish up in like 47 or 48. Right,
0: like, right.
1: Yeah, so totally adds up historically.
0: Absolutely. Um. So, okay, so there's one other thing to mention here, and that is Barbara Stanwyck. Hell yeah. Okay, uh, I've got a couple theories here because let me tell you, the way that they sometimes write jokes in this show you go okay that's gotta be kind of like I mean as much as we make the joke of like 1940s whatever reference right Right. surely this is that right like you're like this has to be a 1940s explosion reference right let me tell you it like is it was a bombshell uh, sort of deal I don't know that now see that's actually a possibility that I hadn't considered but like to me a bombshell doesn't necessarily mean it's that delay of a detonation right right but here's what I have for you. Barbara Stanwyck uh, was an American actress, model, and dancer, uh, a stage film and television star during her 60-year professional career. Um, and she really uh, – hang on. I want to read a quote about her uh, that I relate to heavily. She only lives for two things, and both of them are work. And I was like, oh, <laughs> God. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, so one of the big things that happens with her, right, is that she started her debut on stage in the chorus uh, as a Zigfield girl. Yep. Uh, and she did that for a number of years before she, uh, I think like six or seven years before she actually finally broke into uh, talking pictures. Mm-hmm. So that is my first potential option, right? Oh, it's like a that- delayed.
1: Okay. Yep.
0: You know, that that she – she you know, like the, the literal – at this point nowadays, a common phrase of like someone's career um, getting larger or whatever we call that, blowing up. Right. Right? Oh, this blew up overnight. Right. Right? A TikTok goes viral and you go, oh, wow, I had no idea this would blow up. Right. right? It's, you know, just like a common thing for us now. I think it was probably somewhat common back then. Um, but I was thinking maybe that's what it is, right? Maybe it's a thing of like, oh, she had a delayed detonation of like she was in the field, but then it took her a while to break free or break into it. But yeah, when she did, it was like, hey, here she is. plausible, yeah. Uh, another possibility uh, for this could also be that she was, uh, when she stopped being in movies and was then in TV shows, she was in a uh, like a Western type of show called Big Valley. Okay. That TV show did have an episode titled Explosion. Mm. Uh, but here's a fun fact for you. I cannot find basically any kind of information <laughs> about that episode because it's so old that it's just kind of like, yeah, this was a TV show back then. Yeah. Congratulations. You know, that's sort of <laughs> how they handle that. Yeah. The, another possibility is she was in uh, Balls of Fire. Uh-huh. So maybe somehow that's Goodness somehow gracious. related to it. Um, Another final possibility here might have been honestly kind of a sick burn about her oh. marriage uh, and how it imploded much later. but it also wouldn't have imploded until a few years after this story so I guess that wouldn't really make sense either. So I'm gonna leave that one off the table actually yeah um but yeah I I imagine that it has to do with either the big Valley thing or the fact that like she was in the field for like six or seven years before she actually you know had a you know a, a, her glow up if you will.
1: Two possibilities occur to me, and I have nothing to back them up with because they involve a fictional character, as much of our um speculation about historical stuff often does. Sure. Like this is Howard Stark devised this device. So if that was the delayed detonation or delayed self-destruct, he could have it could be a reference to either like she would let things simmer and then blow up, like get angry all of a sudden out of the blue.
0: That's to, possible. Or yeah.
1: there's uh uh it took her a long time to um detonate. Yes, I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's nothing backing that up or anything, but like yeah. Whereas
0: I like both of those because that does kind of add some fiction to the yeah. to the world. I think the reason why I I would imagine it has to be one of the things that I had first brought up is yeah, it's because of the way he says, Well, naturally it's Right. Right. And like if they don't know Stark's involvement with these people. Why would you say it naturally? It's because of you know I I don't know and that could be wrong because also sometimes it might be like well we all know that he was in a relationship with everyone could be like actually no we didn't like he's in so many tabloids it's kind of hard to keep up and it's like oh oops well I've just revealed something anyway
1: and and Jarvis is often saying like well of course this it could be a dry British humor thing absolutely yeah but I like I like that there's a bit of an ambiguity there and I think it's I feel like it's definitely. It's definitely winking at us and I don't know why sort of deal. And I like that a lot. It's kind of a fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When someone's like messing or joking with you, they're like, right. And you're like, wait, I don't remember this reverence. What are you? <laughs> huh? And they're like, eh, uh? eh? and you're like is that to me, but I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you do, do you remember the right person.
1: Classic you not remembering. Oh, is me not remembering part of it? I don't. What is this? <laughs>
0: Is that a part of the thing? <laughs> I think we've talked about this before, but it's like I was talking about this with my mom just the other day, but like a relatable joke that like I now kind of hate or whatever, but somewhat related to this, right, is the joke of like um, there's nothing worse than like looking up the symptoms of Alzheimer's just to find that all the links are purple. Yes, yeah.
1: yes, yes. And yes. you're like, uh-oh, yes. uh-oh, <laughs> oh no,
0: uh-oh, uh-oh, oh boy, oh gosh, oh no. But other than that, I have no other notes for this scene, this segment, this bit. A lot has happened. And I sure. it's it's okay, I gotta point out. Almost every episode of Agent Carter, we go, a lot happens here. But it's also because we're not usually when we're at movies, for example, are we covering like 30, 40, 50 minutes worth of right. footage in one go.
1: And hey, listen, listener, if you are watching this episode, you know, watching the, the timestamps that we said at the beginning, and something happens that we didn't talk about, tweet at us. Like hit, hit us 100%. up. hundred percent. I wanna talk about the things. It's just we're sort of, you know, some the things that occurred to us that sort of struck us, but right. there there's some this show is robust. And I mean I feel like that's sort of
0: stuff. also for like all the stuff. Anything, in the movie, right? Like, sure. Even when we get to a scene that's only two minutes sure. in a movie. We're gonna focus on like X, Y, and Z. And someone could easily be like, um, okay, obviously I already knew know that this does happen, right? But like in Avengers, when he does the whole like, that guy's playing Galaga, he thought we wouldn't notice, right? Like, if we somehow forget to mention the fact that once that scene does end and everyone leaves, the guy does in fact go back and starts playing Galaga, sure. right? Like, if we forget to mention that and like someone wants to comment to us of like Actually, the funny thing is that like that wasn't just a bit. Like the guy was actually playing. You know, some people think that it's just him trying to distract while he's you know hacking the mainframe and stuff. But actually, he it's an actual observation. Now, if you say that because you think it's a fun fact, please do that. If you want to do that thing where it's like, well, actually, yeah, okay, maybe maybe calm down a little bit on that front.
1: Here's 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 a good way to do that. Uh, Fun fact colon and then end it with a smiley face. I will not take yeah. that as a sarcastic sort of um actually i'll take that as a oh awesome cool all right well hey before we get out of here why don't i do a quick avengers ensemble
0: Avengers ensemble.
1: all right hold on wait, wait, Colin, real quick 32 23 33 that didn't do anything right. nah, we'll come back to it it's fine all right okay. um okay so avengers ensemble uh nothing really no no real no new people or anything at the end of episode six uh so getting into episode seven it's called monsters um and the it refers to at least a line in the show where uh whitney frost and wilkes i think she says we're we're monsters or we're not monsters or whatever um and it aired on february 16th 2016 uh it was written by brandon easton who also is credited with writing an untitled Andre the Giant biopic, which hasn't come out yet, but would be amazing to see. Uh, Three episodes of Transformers War for Cybertron Trilogy. Uh, Two episodes of Avengers Assemble. uh, One episode of Transformers Rescue Bots. And one episode of the 2012 Thundercats. So, yes, he is a nerd. Uh, It was directed by uh, Matan Hussein. Uh, There is an umlaut over the U in Hussein, so like Hussein, but uh, yeah. Uh, He uh, directed one episode of American Gods, three episodes of Krypton, two episodes of Nightfall, seven episodes of Outlander, one other episode of of Agent Carter. I believe it is episode eight, uh, which we would have talked about him way back in the day uh, at the beginning of season one. Which we may have done. So if I'm if I'm saying uh, this uh, information again, you know, sue me. Uh, and uh, three episodes of Merlin, okay. and uh, he also directed three episodes of a television program called All the Small Things. So oh, interesting. Yeah,
0: was there any kind of true care or? Uh,
1: no, it is about someone coming home and uh, their partner has left them roses by the stairs.
0: Oh it surprises that let you know that someone cares and is murdered.
1: All right, so guard 2. Oh. Whoop. <laughs> okay? So weirdly, here's something weird. On the credits, there's a guy named Sean Bolger who is credited as guard 2. Then there's another person who is cred- who is uncredited as guard. It's really weird. It's like um like blur's song 2. There was no song 1. I mean, presumably there was, but th- that didn't happen. You know, that didn't exist. So, the the guard two is the one that got the credit, and then guard uh, guard original recipe had to put in his own stuff. So, uh, guard two is played by Sean Bolger, who was in three episodes of Adam Ruins Everything, and one episode of oh, cool. the 2017 Twin Peaks. Uh, oh, okay. Guard uncredited is Dennis Fitzgerald, who did a lot of. Uh, He did stunts in Agent Carter, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Amazing Spider-Man, and Thor. Uh, And he acted in Fear the Walking Dead, among other things. The nurse that comes out and helps and and whatever is played by a woman named Ariel Finelli. Um, And she hasn't really been any anything nerdy that stood out to me. Uh, The LAPD officer who uh, gets got out of the trunk by Dottie, Dottie Gotti. That's nothing. It is a guy named Alva Loomis. <laughs> uh, his first role was in Little Miss Sunshine in 2006. He was 47 years old. Got into the game for late. Yeah, absolutely. And a delayed detonation. Uh, uh, indeed, indeed. Um, and now here's some a little bit more talking before I say <laughs> this next fact, which is that he uh, okay. he did pass away in April 2021. Oh no. So you know, but oh, I mean, like he got into the game late. He did a believable job here of, you know, yes, sure, I'll I'll not look in this rumbly trunk. Susa proved that uh, cops look in the rumbly trunk. and she's like, "How do you know, Susa?" He was at the meetings. Okay, so then uh, the doctor, who is Dr. Chung, who we will see, you know in the next uh, the next day as well, uh, is played by a guy named Tom Choi. Uh, And he has the robust... He wins the sort of robust resume uh, award for this episode. Uh, He was... He's been in a lot of video games. Um, He was in Full Metal Alchemist Final Transmutation, Full Metal Alchemist The Revenge of Scar, which is the Lion King crossover. Uh, He was in Squid Game. um, And uh, spoilers for Squid Game. He was like uh, Front Man. So he was like the... The bad guy that we thought was the bad guy until we found out the bad guy was the other guy. And spoilers of Squid Game. Which is funny, because I saw his picture, and I saw he was in Squid Game. I was like, hey, is he the... Oh, yeah, he is. Okay. Um, Fallout 76, Steel Dawn. He was in that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Tom Choi. Right, right, right. right. No, no, no. I mean, I I, I I recognize that. I think it would be amazing if you did that. Um, He was in 20 episodes of Teen Wolf. Uh, He was in Batman Arkham Knight, Mortal Kombat X, Mortal Kombat 2011. I believe Mortal Kombat X is a video game and Mortal Kombat 2011 is a movie. Um, One episode of Chuck, one episode of The Forgotten, which is a uh, TV show that I watched that is not about cults, but it is about stalking. I don't know. There was two, two shows. One of them had Kevin Bacon. I think it was this one. Anyways. Uh one episode of twenty-four, one episode of Ghost Whisperer. He was in Mortal Kombat versus the DC Universe. Uh, oh, cool. he was in a movie that you and I made, and I don't remember doing this, Colin. The Adventures of Big Handsome Guy and His Little Friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's wild. Yeah. yeah I don't, I, uh, know. I don't remember that you're
1: Yeah. I don't remember. Oh, wait, wait, Tommy S- Choi. Oh, wait a minute. That guy. But
0: the studio, the studio didn't say that we could announce this yet.
1: James, <laughs> uh, he
0: was in it was like it came out ten years exactly, ago. Exactly, I'm going back. Uh, yeah. Whoops!
1: Oh no, I missed my my email. Never came. Um, he was in one episode of Bones, and he was in Minority Report, the movie, not the TV show. That I think they made a TV show of it. Anyway. Yeah, they definitely okay, did. Good. And then in the wildest credit, guard number one. Didn't get credit. I just want to reiterate that before I say that oh, okay. the man who who runs in and says that the cop's been shot, that we see him down a distant hallway saying, hey, there's a cop that's been shot down here. Hey, come! oh my God, what's this guy doing? He's been shot. And that's his whole role is credited as man. And he is played by a person named Miles Greer with a Y, M-Y-L-E-S. Uh, and i didn't see anything hugely nerdy in his resume um mostly yelling down halls
0: like throwing a shout down the hallway you My, know
1: yeah miles hallway greer they call him um <laughs> so dumb all right uh hey I'm gonna take us out of here colin i'm just gonna Please get do. Us, i'm gonna get us right out of here um i would like to... Yeah, let's head out west shall i yeah let's oh let's do head out west shall i do a <clears throat> podcast recommendation or what should i what should i do
0: yeah, let's do a recommendation. I can't remember the last time we did one.
1: Great. I'd like to recommend Newsies Minute. Um, this is a show that my friend Aaron and I did. It was our uh, our pilot episode into being on the Scavengers Network. Newsies Minute is a, is a uh, by-the-minute uh, podcast, so sort of like this, only broken down exactly into each minute uh, that my friend Aaron and I did. Uh, it has been remarkably successful. Our target audience is... Um middle school girls, and they are a a bold and strong uh force. No, I mean, yes, but also uh we get a lot of uh like you know, theater kids, of course, and a lot of Tumblr users. A lot I'm of Tumblr, assuming. exactly. Um, they tell us that that they are reblogging, and we're like, that's this is an email. Um, and <laughs> uh just a it we are Aaron and I are working on a project, uh so we've been asked to commit com, uh, contribute a chapter to an academic work on Newsies. Uh, Whoa. That uh, Here's a fun thing about uh, not sharing any information about it. I don't know the title of it or anything about it that would identify it, but... Oh, good. It is a thing that Aaron and I are going to be working on, uh, talking about the podcast, surely mentioning Scavengers Network. Anyways, uh, I just think that if you like the movie Newsies which we found is a very interesting demo of like people that are roughly Aaron and my age or people that were in theater in anywhere in there or people that loved the Broadway show and were like, hey, there's a movie too. It's a weird sort of bipolar sort of deal. Come, come listen to us on News Minute. It's where you'll see a lot of things on that show having their genesis that then I brought over to this show. Uh, historical stuff and and how i do oh they were in this and they were in that um, all sorts of stuff but with my best friend Aaron and not Colin
0: so james um, before we head out i just have one quick question yeah, for yeah. you um earlier you put in a code but uh, it it still hasn't worked what's what's the deal with that
1: Naturally, actually it was a delayed excelsior okay um, as always i'm james anderson
0: i'm colin parker excel wow.
1: excelsior Excelsior! excelsior. excelsior.